It's a kick forwards into the right. That's intentional runner. It's going to get there. Oh, excuse me. Look at this one. This could be close. <laughs> this could oh, be really man. close. <laughs> It is uh, February Monday, Monday February nineteenth. Wow, uh, one day off and you lose your brain. It's President's Day. Uh, very happy that uh, my company honors that. Uh, it's, it's a lovely afternoon in the city. Andrew, how are you? I'm good. You know, it's funny. Happy President's Day. I've seen this in a couple places now, where like the the name for this holiday is is very different mm. in some places. Uh, like on one of my like calendars, it just said like Washington's birthday. Yeah. And I was like, that doesn't, that can't be right. So uh, my, my mom, my whole life has worked for the state. So she gets Lincoln and Washington's birthdays off, which are within yeah. a week of each other. So she always has said, yeah, I'm off Lincoln's birthday. I'm off next week for Washington's birthday. And I didn't know President's Day was a thing until I got to like college. That is interesting. I had no idea where uh, we were I mean, no, no one gets, no one else gets Lincoln's birthday off, right? That's not a thing. Nope. She's the only person I've ever heard of. The state of <laughs> Connecticut Division of Criminal, Criminal Justice really loves uh, Lincoln's, Lincoln's birthday. birthday would have been, that would have been last Monday. Yep. She got Super Bowl okay. Monday off, which is, which is pretty sweet. That's um, great. We'll take yeah. it. But yeah, I'm, I'm jealous and I'm, I'm glad to be off today. It gave us a great opportunity to interview Wei Wei Gao, uh, who we will have on the back half of this episode. Really interesting stories. Um, you know, a, a very atypical and unique Division One college golf experience. Uh, you, you'll all love to hear about the grind that he had to go through getting from the Philippines uh, to UVA uh, and now chasing the, the pro golf dream with some content mixed in. So very excited uh, to play that one, but any any major takeaways from you uh, on his interview? I mean, definitely a few. We we literally just got we just finished recording with him five minutes ago, so it's it's fresh in my brain. Uh, I think a couple of things stood out. One was like he his journey of like playing junior golf is so much different than mine. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like he was mentioning that in like middle school and high school, he was basically flying over from the Philippines every summer and him and his family would basically like travel around and stay in, you know, probably not the nicest hotels while he was trying to compete in these like junior golf tournaments, which like I played in a few of those as well. And I was traveling from like Connecticut and I was like, this is insane. But just thinking about him and a bunch of other kids, honestly, who travel from like literally like around the world 
to try to get in front of like college coach, like coaches, like put some, together some sort of resume that can get them like a D1 offer. Uh, yeah. Just a totally different mindset that I'm sure he was in. And uh, it was just interesting to see that. And it clearly worked out for him because he made it to UVA and that's awesome. Yeah, I can't imagine. He mentioned this, like the stress at that point was so high for him. Um, and like yeah. it all clicked on one weekend at the U.S. Junior. He, he mentioned like no offers were coming in. Like he was he was still really looking late into his process. And then it just took one weekend for him to get flooded. And how stressful the, the three, four years <laughs> prior had, had really been on him. Yes. You know what it actually reminds me of, which has been uh, very discussed recently, which, which is like, just the fact that also professional golfers, you know, coming out of college, including way, way now, like don't have a place where they can go and just automatically get a paycheck for being a professional golfer. The way that, you know, other athletes do, like if you're going to the NFL, you yeah. at least get some sort of like minimum contract because you're, you know, you're employed by the league or, or some version that's more similar to that like predictable line of income where with golf, even the best players, you know, don't necessarily know what they're going to to make. Uh, that's true for the the people coming out of like Georgia, number one, winning PGA Tour U or whoever it is. But yeah, with Wayways case too, like the ACC or some of the the kids that are maybe you know a hundredth to two hundredth in in the country, like incredible golfers. Like it takes a lot of courage to try to go make it. Yeah, yeah. There's no. I'm watching the the dynasty on Apple TV. There's no scenario where Tom Brady uh, in the golf world can exist for like four months. No one cares about yeah. the 199th golfer in the country coming out of college. It's, it makes you really understand why they uh, a lot of people are drawn to the live model. And I cannot blame them at all. Even U.S. Amateur totally. Champions, like Ogletree, uh, Piot, like it really makes a lot of sense why why they're able to take that top talent but yeah uh you. we'll see i, I, I wonder weekend. if that'll get changed. Uh, complete shine uh, on the riv uh didn't didn't get to watch a, a ton of golf uh was was at the the metlife outdoor game uh took my dad to the first thing that i've ever done for him in my life uh which which was cool he still bought all the food um but the ticket was was the first thing I've ever gotten him, which felt like a big watershed moment. Uh, while that was going on, we we did have exciting, maybe not in the best way, action at yeah. Riviera. Well, hold on. First, I want to ask about this event. Um, so, where it was MetLife? Like, how many people are out there, and uh, what what was the game you saw like? Compare it to going to an NHL stadium normally yeah. and like sort of what the difference is by being at one of these like winter classic type deals. Yeah. So I've been to two outdoor games, uh, one at Notre Dame and one at this weekend at MetLife. And I've been to, you know, a, a number of Bruins games, which, you know, cap out, at, you know, 20,000 at max. Um, yeah. For like the biggest events. The Bruins sell out every week. But I was saying, I, I said to my dad probably 10 times, there were, 75,000-ish people there. Most of MetLife was full, and MetLife is the, the biggest NFL venue with, like, 82 total capacity. I cannot imagine what, like, a meaningful Giants or Jets game sounds like. Like, it, it, it was the first 
venue I've been in where I actually kind of felt vibration in the building. Um, obviously, yeah. I have a lot of friends from the, the Delco and the New Jersey area, but they're not known for their pleasant behavior. And it was loud. Uh, and those are two groups of people that don't care for each other uh, and don't have any issue saying things. Uh, and like when the anthem just got going, it was a very, very loud place. Like it, it was, it hurt my ears at a moment, which was so awesome. Yeah. And then double scored uh, 30 seconds into the game. Like it was really, really cool. Uh, and I, I can't, like, I, I think the NHL at times has oversaturated us with outdoor content, like in the way that every event can't be an elevated event but they've found a really good sweet spot now where there's the winter classic every year. And then they'll pick a really awesome weekend to just have a set of outdoor games. And you're, you're never going to miss in the Metro area. The people are going to buy the tickets, the, the fan base. Totally. Are, um, people will spend whatever it takes to, to be there. Um, and like, again, MetLife's not, it's not Notre Dame stadium. There's not a lot of aura around MetLife. But you put eighty thousand people in one place to to watch a hockey game; it'll always be good. I, I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, uh, I'm jealous. I gotta go to one of those. They look yeah, sweet. Very sweet. Well, there. Uh, I don't think there's any coming your your way for a while. I really it's too. Don't. I don't think it's cold enough. <laughs> well, they've done uh, Dodger Stadium hosted <clears throat> the Stadium Series probably eight years ago at this point. The Ducks and the Kings and the Sharks all played. It it didn't go great, so I think I think you're right. I'm not yeah. sure how quickly they're they're gonna be going back. It is it's golf climate, not NHL climate. It's true. That's so. true. All right, so let's talk about Riv. With uh, you know a lot of free time on the long weekend, I was I was happy to take advantage of of that opportunity. Some a lot of big names had free time this weekend as well. Uh, not necessarily for the reasons we want. You know, we can get into what it's like to sign an incorrect scorecard. Uh, I haven't had the flu in a while, but it's it's uh, it seems like Tigers recovering well. It's it it has been unfortunate to see the top events in the last few weeks get marred by something, whether it be drunk idiots or random disqualifications yeah. and illness. I think it was a good weekend at Riv. We still ended up with a very strong leaderboard and a great Sunday. But obviously the, the highlights of the, of the week and the main takeaways are going to be Tiger continuing to withdraw uh, and Jordan having a, a scorecard. So anywhere you want to start, there, there's plenty of options. You could, I mean, quickly, Tiger, I feel like people don't need to make too big a deal out of it. Like if, if he was sick, and honestly, like I think his bar should be so high in terms yeah. of like how good he he should feel uh like if if he doesn't feel good pull out like what well, i like for sure withdraw it doesn't doesn't bother me at all um so I, I think that's just like the switch that people have to make in their brain is like if he's not playing well like it used to be like oh it's an excuse or like whatever now it's like he's old he's his body hurts if he's especially like actually sick with the flu like don't play golf <laughs> uh like so I was okay. totally good with that. Yeah. Uh, I, I did. I thought Sunday Red actually looked pretty good. I'll say that. That was the bigger takeaway with Tiger. 
that was my bigger takeaway too. I was texting uh, Peter, longtime guest, about what he thought of the brand. He had similar takes as us, like underwhelmed in a lot of ways. This weekend, I really want to buy that, like the 1996 model yeah. that he, he wore on Thursday. That looked so good. That like that is cool. Uh, and I'm I obviously they were never going to just drop seven things on a random Tuesday and have that be the end of it. The scripting that is going to come out for the rest of the season. And I'm very excited to see what they have planned for Augusta now. Uh, like they, they, they really caught my eye. Yes. Yeah. It was, it was very clean. It was, it's so different than what, what Nike had the direction that they were going in with him. Yeah. Um, and and you still see it now with Rory, where like things are probably a little bit tighter than they need to be, and uh, it was cool to see. It was kind of like a, a dad look, but just like very classic. Yeah, uh, so could. I was pretty into it. And I think that's that's who they're marketing to, and young guys who want to get a little bit throwbacky. Baggy is back, as you know. Every time I walk around Literally. Soho, I'm wearing the tightest pants in the city. It seems um, so. Baggy and, and a little bit drippy is is certainly on its way back. Um, but yeah, completely agree. Don't need to see Tiger playing random events if it's not 100% there. And, yes. and then Jordan, um, I don't know. I, I listened to way too much uh, like back and forth around this whole like scorecard thing. Like, should it not be a rule? Should it, should someone change this? Like, it's crazy that you know, everyone knows that he wasn't trying to cheat or like, we all know what the score is. There's cameras out there. Like, why is this even a thing? Jordan shouldn't have whatever signed for the wrong scorecard. I think the DQ is really like, is it probably, is that aggressive? Yes, but it totally is his fault. I think is the bottom line. I completely agree. I like, um, I don't know who tweeted it. I don't have an issue with the crime being a crime. Obviously the punishment doesn't fit the crime. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know of a better way. Like if you just give him what his score actually was, I, I don't think we need to go beyond that. Like that, that should be a totally, that's, that's not a punishment. Maybe fine him on the back end, like a thousand dollars. I don't know. I, I don't, I, I do agree that there needs to be some sort of repercussion for not paying attention. It's, you know, down to the junior golf world, you have to do it. You're in charge of your scorecard. It's one of the unique things about golf that you are fully in charge of your score. But he went out and played the sport and made a four. Like, why not just make a four? Uh, It's just, I don't think it needs to change. Like, it it should be a penalty in some way, but it's completely... I I think that the only thing that should change was this, like, window of time where like, you know, you go finish up on 18 and then you have to go sign your scorecard. And it literally mm-hmm. sounds like he, ha- he like was running to the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, like he had to go take a shit or something. And so like, if there's any version where there's like a time constraint there, like you could definitely solve for that. Just like give him as much time as he needs to go to the bathroom and come back and do the scoring. That's, that's probably the, the main thing. That's uh, Michael Kim. Who's an awesome Twitter follow. Uh, in the pro golf world said exactly that um he mentioned like what you know he, he he gives a very unique insight into what happens in the pro golf world as being someone who's been there 
And he said exactly that. Like, you're usually coming right off the course. He doubled 18. He was pissed. Uh, and it's just like something you have to do. You've done it 6,000 times. It's 99% of the time completely accurate. There's no reason for him to think twice. And he's not thinking about it at all. So just give him five yeah. minutes, cool off, get a drink. Um, maybe put somebody else in there. I don't know. It just, for all the safety nets that we could have in place, the DQ feels so crazy. Yeah. The, uh, it's the signing of the scorecard, which I guess is where it's a little bit weird, is like, I think, his, was it his scorecard and the scores cards were different than um, who was who was he paired with? I don't remember who he was paired with. But yes, that that was the that was whoever he was paired with. So like it like yeah, whatever. Wherever he is in the wrong is signing something that hadn't been reviewed, which I think is the main thing. Like do do all of the checks beforehand and let someone tell you that there's a discrepancy and then add yeah. the signature afterwards. Yeah, it, it, the the process is is certainly flawed and Again, I get it. I love tradition. I, I love everything about golf that makes it weird. But we're playing with an entertainment product at this point in the PGA Tour. Do we have this discussion if this happens to, not to throw shade, like Nate Lashley? No. But it, it, this theoretically could happen again, and the PGA Tour can't afford it to happen again. Uh, not, I mean, I don't yeah. expect it to be a, we're not going to see a major issue. But it is really bad timing for them. I agree. Uh, it did clear the way for a fantastic Sunday. We we honestly had a great leaderboard, and my guy just stepped up and started throwing darts all day in yellow. Like his, he was gaining full strokes on the field with individual approaches. And yeah. can Becky win? He certainly can. The list of people who have won at the Riv and Augusta is uh, a Hall of Fame list, a Hall of Fame within the Hall of Fame list. Truly one of the most brilliant Sundays we've seen in a long time. I was I was very happy for you just yeah. seeing what was happening and knowing that Tom was going to be all over this. Uh, it, was, it was an awesome performance by Hideki. And he was, he was what? He was, I think, six strokes back mm -hmm. starting Sunday. And one by three. Yeah. There, uh, there are so many stats about insane. the 54 through 18 spread. Like, Cantlay was minus, like, 13 through 54. Hideki was, like, minus seven. And then <laughs> minus 11 and plus two on the last day. Like, <laughs> ridiculous stuff. And it was yeah. uh, one of those, like, classic Sunday because we don't do shotguns on this tour kind of thing. Like I watched his first few holes, Cantley and Xander teed off and I was like, Oh, that's nice. He'll be the clubhouse leader until about 5 PM Eastern. And then it'll be, you know, he'll lose by two. That that's cool. I did not expect Cantley and Shoffley to both lay the eggs that they did. Uh, usually not something you see, especially from Cantley. He's kind of, never really had that moment he, he's the ice man for a reason yeah. um but hideki it was the like we talked about it on uh the preview to this last week it, if he's just okay at putting for a week he's going to win the golf tournament and it's very easy to be okay at putting when you're dropping darts like 
six inch darts. Like I saw a few tweets that said Hideki was hitting it to Scotty pickup range. Like that's how well he was striking the ball, but it, it's all it takes. It takes one yeah. or two days of him making 80 feet of putts to run away with a golf tournament. And don't look now, but Augusta is coming. Augusta is coming. I'm I'm so happy to see him back playing well and, and to win this is, is definitely, you know, it's a big dick event. So yeah. kudos to uh, Hideki and his whole, his whole team. Obviously, I saw his caddy out there. Uh, the, they're, the they're the best. Yeah. He yeah. was that's one of the larger vapes I've seen in a long time. I didn't know those were still legal. Like, you, you can't buy flavored nicotine like that. I know. It's like a harmonica. Yeah. <laughs> it's truly really like playing an instrument. Yeah. I haven't seen one of those since, like, middle school. Like, the first vapes that came out. Like, they're, they're tough to come by. So respect to Shada. <laughs> and then the other major takeaway, this is great to see. Speaking of Augusta coming, Will Zalatoris is on a lot of people's lists. I believe Data Golf is now kind of projecting him to win a major this year, which is a sentence that would have seemed impossible in December. Really awesome to see. He was clearly, he was obviously playing through uh, some tragedy this week, but he, he does look to yeah. be a healthy and be in control of his putter, which is a lot more than we can say for some of the other best ball strikers in the world. So it could be a, a Willie Z moment. Yeah, he looked healthy. He looks like confident. Um, mm. So I feel I feel good about you know where he's trending. He was also like the only one that didn't totally fall apart. He was like at the top of the leaderboard, yeah. uh, kind of going into Sunday. So like also just like very steady. You know, he was, mm-hmm. I'm just looking at it now. He was 66, 70, 65 on Saturday, and then 69 on Sunday. Um, so whatever, like he, I wouldn't have picked him to clear Cantlay and Shopway no. uh, heading into Sunday. And the, I think the fact that he did was just a, a nice rising of, of Willie Z that I'm, I'm very much here for. I think he might be in the place that like he thrives in. I, he he's a very confident player when he's playing at his best, but he's obviously had an awful two years with through no fault of his own. He doesn't strike yeah. me as the guy who wants to walk around with that weight. I, I, I think he's he's best placed to sneak in a major rather than to win the major that's supposed to be his. Uh, so I, I think he could be in a very very good spot for the rest of the year. Um, and that would be so awesome for skinny guys everywhere. I'm really honest. I'm having a year. I have Canadians winning. I have Hideki winning. I have skinny guys on the up. Like it, it really could be my year for professional golf. It could. I mean, we were just talking about this earlier. Like, you know, people are making a big think about Scotty not playing well, Rory not playing well, like the PGA Tour stars, you know, not doing enough to to make the product interesting, especially with all of you know the, the a bunch of the top players going to live. But I think you could make the total argument that what you actually do want is other people filling that gap and like Willie Z and Hideki coming back to the scene. Yeah, I think is actually more important than like Scotty or Rory dominating. Um, yeah, so I, I was totally good with this outcome. I agree, and I think uh, we we you mentioned there's been a 
good amount of like publication and podcast talk that, you know, obviously Liv has the top end talent right now. I like it's very evenly matched as to where the top, top players in the world, what, what tour they're playing on. Part of this is where they broadcast their events. But a big part of it is that I think we're realizing without a true needle mover, no one really cares about professional golfers. Like a lot of people out there, the average golf fan don't have a Tiger Woods right now. They have Augusta. They have the waste management. They they know what those brands are. They know what they're going to get from them. I don't know how much the average yeah. golf fan cares about the architecture at Riviera, but like most people are not tuning in to watch golf to watch one guy. It's it's not like Formula yeah. One where people throw themselves around for Lewis Hamilton. Like I'm I'm watching events and tournaments. Yeah, that's where I'm at. It's like the only needle maybe needles in golf. Obviously Tiger is is head and shoulders above anyone. Like they actually showed this. I think Tiger being in the tournament sort of in contention on Sunday is is something like a 25% difference in yeah. sort of total total viewership. Which is amazing. Yeah. Uh I think the only one that you would put in that number 2 slot is Rory. Mm-hmm. Uh because I think he's like just wildly uh, charismatic. Charismatic. He's very charismatic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think I think Rory is a clear number two. Maybe the only other one that I would even mention is Spieth, is Jordan. Yeah. Um, like I I don't think Scotty at all is is like someone who's going to get the casual fan to tune in. No. No. Um, so like the idea that that's what the tour wants, I think is is incorrect. And then I think generally this whole conversation of like, what does the tour want? Like as if they're, you know, writing the script is, is probably, you know, caring a bit too much about it. Like it's a professional sports event. That's why we watch is to hopefully see something uh, that we couldn't have predicted. (laughs) So all all of that conversation is a little bit like touch grass. Yeah. It's, it's certainly not, Taylor winning the Super Bowl. Like, we knew that was going to happen. We did not know Hideki would shoot 62 yeah. on Sunday, and you never can. Do you, you, do you feel like this is true in all sports, though? Uh, like, even in, in football, or maybe this is just me now sort of being tuned into this stuff, but you can't, you can't like, end up the NFC Championship without being like, ah, oh, that sucks that you're not going to get, like, the Packers market in the Super Bowl. Like, why yes. is it the first thing that I hear now is about like, oh, what does this mean for the viewership numbers? Like, I completely I'm, who cares? <laughs> I I agree. Um, obviously, like baseball and hockey are my two biggest things. Uh, the MLB would go nuts for a Subway Series in the next few years. Like they, there was totally. this year, like Texas Arizona. Like I had a great time watching it. Like it, they were good baseball games, but. No, like that they you can see a clear difference and there's always discussion i don't think mlb is is bashful about saying we wish it could be la new york i mean arlington phoenix is not what we dream about and they don't they don't really try and hide it in a lot of places and, and i think you're you're completely right about that yeah i mean i think it's totally fair to acknowledge like the the leagues themselves are businesses and the businesses do better 
when like the, the markets are bigger. Um, but I, I don't think that's like a, a sports analyst or someone who's like covering the tournaments or covering yeah. the games. Like that's sort of out of their purview in general, yeah. I, would, I would normally say. I feel like it's only because of the PJ Tour versus Live and now everything's about money that like it's sort of top of mind for everyone. But in general, like what what's good for the tour with this week's winner is I think I think you're searching a little bit for something there. Yeah, you are. And people need to stop. And I'm I'm hoping they will soon. <laughs> I don't think they will, but they will. They they should. Uh but very excited to get into this way way interview. Uh hope you enjoy it. His his stories really put a lot of golf into perspective. So really looking forward to to hearing about him. Yeah, this is uh I pulled him up earlier. Find Weiwei at uh, Going My Way on Instagram, and I believe the same on Banty. We'll confirm that. But um, give him a follow, like his stuff, and uh, let us know what you thought of the interview. Cheers. Four. All right. Happy President's Day uh, to all of our co-hosts and guests today. We're, we're very happy to be joined by Weiwei Gao, uh, former UVA Cavalier. Go Hoosiers uh, way. We, we very much appreciate you making the time today. Very interested in, in hearing about, you know, your junior and college background, how you ended up at UVA, and then, you know, what golf looks for you, uh, looks like for you at the moment. Um, but, you know, just happy to have you here. How are you doing today? Not too bad. Thanks for having me. Uh, this is honestly very new to me, my first podcast. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. How's the uh, how's the weather in Jacksonville today? We're we're calling in from all three corners of the country, uh, so it seems like we'll probably have a pretty pretty broad range. Yeah, the weather today has been has been has been nice. Um, this morning is a little chilly, um, but the sun actually like keeps me warm. Um, the wind's really cold, so that's that's uh, a little new, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is uh, what are you classifying as really chilly right now? I'm not, I wasn't expecting Jacksonville to be this chilly. Um, cool. where, I, I was expecting to wear just a golf shirt instead of a pullover and a shirt underneath. Uh, uh, yeah. So. How, long, how long have you been in Jacksonville? Literally about a month, uh, for, for a month only. So it's, right, it's very right. new. Okay. How did yeah, you, you end up there? I feel like Jacksonville is a very hot, both like for pros and amateurs right now. It's, it's, there's a lot of good golf and I think a lot of fun golf happening in yeah, Jacksonville. So before, you know, we, we moved from Virginia um, and it was a little, it was a little tough to just go out and practice because most of the courses are private. Yeah. Um, we were in Nova, literally 10 minutes from DC and gosh, I'd say 90% of the courses there are private. And I'm like, wow, like this is, this is tough. But, you know, I was able to find um, uh, this good community. Um, I actually worked as an instructor at Eisman Golf Academy and that's, I was able to get practice in, was able to play in the course, mess around with all the t technology they have over there. And, you know, it's, it's great, but I'm like, Hey, like I want to get out on the course more. I want to play more, make sure I could practice all year. So that's what pushed me to move down here. And I have a bunch of teammates in college here. So, you know, I haven't met up with them, them yet because they're, they're out traveling. They're on the corn ferry tour or, on, you know, PGA corn ferry tour. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's just nice to have this type of group here where we're all going to the same goal so yeah yeah very excited for that that's very cool I, yeah the uh the the nova golf culture is 
is very different than the Florida golf culture. I was, uh, I lived in Nova for a summer, like going golf course to golf course and very, uh, heavy lobbyist population at most of the golf courses <laughs> I was going to. Not, not so much about the golf, more about the hanging out kind of vibe. Yeah. <laughs> How, uh, just to, you know, explain to the, the listeners, you know, your, your background and, and talk about, well, you know, why, why we have you on today. Um, you have a very interesting story of a very, uh, you know, impressive junior golf career and college golf career can you just give us a quick background about you know your golf story where it started why you got into it and then you know lead up to uva yeah so you know i was born in the philippines in this island called cebu which is an hour and a half plane ride down south of manila um you know grew up watching my dad hitting balls on the range he used to play um and you know, he kind of just took focus out of his game and started going, putting putting his focus on my game, literally when it started beating him. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you know, so I you know played played a lot of golf. Literally, like the first three years of my golf journey when I was junior, I literally just stayed on the range. Um, and then I got out on the course. It was actually the first time I was on the course. I was actually tournament. And I won, um, and wow. it was funny. Um, but yeah, so that that you know started the passion. I'm like, wow, this is this is great. This is awesome. Um, and yeah. you know, and then I made it on the, the Philippine team. Um, played tournaments around Asia. Went to Dubai, and you know, all these tournaments, international tournaments, which is insane. And I'm like, wow, this is this is crazy. And the first time. I went to the U.S. was back in 2012, and it was to play the AJGAs and you know the U.S. Junior and stuff. And I didn't do too well my first year, and it was more because I was very shocked with the culture change here. I'm like, wow, it's, everything's huge. Like, you know, we went to um, In and Out the first time in California, and I'm like, this burger's <laughs> so big. I've never seen that. Um, so I was getting used to the culture around the U.S. and then. The next couple of years I came back, you know, that's when I started to really uh, folk, um, able to perform better, um, get used to the course. And like the courses here are just very set up so perfectly, honestly, yeah. <laughs> compared to the Philippines. Um, the type of grass there is way different than here. And I honestly prefer playing here better. Um, but I, I never uh, look back just when I, when I come here. So like moving here was honestly a good move. Um, for my golf game. Um, but yeah, so I played the US Junior in 2016, qualified in Arizona. And there I was I was approaching my senior year of high school and I was getting worried that, you know, I didn't really have any schools. Um, and then when I went when I played the US Junior, got to the quarterfinals, that's when all the coaches came and, you know, started emailing me. I'm like, wow, this is this is great. This is awesome. And then yeah. I was impressed before that tournament, you know, gosh, I don't have any schools. I was very stressed out about that. And then after that tournament, I was stressed in, in another way of narrowing down to schools. I'm like, how do I make sure I go to the the right school? Right. Um, yeah, exactly. Definitely <laughs> could get overwhelming if you don't know your priorities. Right. But so I picked UVA because um, I really I was really interested in um, a school that has a good balance with academics and golf. Um, and also like, this was something I wanted to pursue. Um, I wanted to go into law 
and the UVA's law program is really good. Um, but, but yeah, like, like over the course of my college career, I'm like, Hey, like, I think I'm going to pursue golf and yeah. Was there, was there a moment in, I I mean, you were academic all honor roll, you were performing really highly tournaments. Like it seemed like both of those options were very legitimate for you. Was there a tournament or like a, a phase in your college career where you realized like, I think I have it. Like law is very interesting and school is awesome, but I think I kind of got something here. Was, was there a moment like that for you? So I, I had to sit down and this, this happened my third year of college. Um, I sat down and I was like, okay, like, you know, I got, I need my priorities straight. Like, do I want to pursue law or golf? And I'm like, you know, I'm very, I was a little more passionate about golf and it's a place where I go to, to kind of escape all the stresses right in life. Like I literally <clears throat> schoolwork stresses me out. <laughs> thing ever. Yeah, exactly. I would, um, I'd go to the practice facility, like at, at midnight sometimes until like 3 AM when I was in college and just hit balls to like, like relax. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't go to, I couldn't go to bed. And, you know, golf was just always a way for me to disconnect from reality and get lost in it. And, you know, that's, that's why I'm like, all right, like, if I can keep doing that and just stay in the process, you know, enjoy it, um, I'm, I'm just going to pursue golf. <laughs> yeah, so. that makes sense to me. You know, obviously, yeah. I feel like uh, you can always go back to school. Of so. course, yeah. Uh, like your, your junior and senior, senior seasons, it looked like you really had you know, runs of form together, you know, top twenties, a, a third, uh, in your senior year. What's it like competing in, in, even just within UVA on a week to week basis, but in the ACC on a week to week basis, like, were you seeing kids that you went up against in the U S junior, you know, did you kind of know who's every, who everybody's heavy hitters were? Was it, was it kind of a dog fight every week? What what does the ACC look like? Yeah, it was uh, it was fun. It was really fun. I I definitely went up against with uh, against a couple of guys that I played with in the U.S. Junior. It was fun. I definitely I definitely enjoyed it. It was like I I literally had no idea who these people were because I'm not from the I'm not from the country. So I'm like just playing my game, right? So I yeah. think that that was kind of helpful. <laughs> yeah. When did you, you said you, you mentioned you moved. When did you move full-time to the U.S.? Um, literally my, my first year of college. Like, oh, wow. Okay. I've been back home in almost five years. Like it's, wow. it's sad. <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah, it's, uh, I miss, I definitely miss it back there. You know, I miss the food back there. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm trying, that's how I got into cooking too. Like I'm, I'm a big, big chef. I cook. Just home cook, you know, like just um, authentic Filipino food, and you know, I, I miss those. So I love that. Obviously, like your story is is incredible, but I'm also just thinking about how how common that is for college golf now. Like, I feel like it is a very international sport. Um, yeah. So I'm sure there's a lot of people coming from whether it's the Philippines or elsewhere in Southeast Asia. Like, did you did you find that that you were sort of not alone in that? Like there were other people that sort of shared that same journey or, or what was that like learning about how other people kind of ended up where they got to in, in college? Yeah, there was, um, so I was, you know, I really didn't know how the recruiting process worked. Um, and yeah, there were, there were a couple, there were a handful of people in the, 
in the island that I was in, in the Philippines that, you know, went to a university here. So a couple of them went to Vanderbilt, um, a couple of them in Seton Hall in New Jersey. Yeah. So they kind of, you know, led and held, held my hand along the way and like, Hey, here's how you organize, um, which coaches to email, like what, what, what are you prioritizing? Like a good golf program or a little bit of both or, you know, so yeah, so there's, there's definitely a bigger presence of international, um, recruits, um, now compared to before, which, that's, yeah. which is when you really were cool. playing in all these AJGA events and, and qualifying for us juniors, how often were you like coming to the U S for like a month at a time, like the summer season, what did that schedule look like when you were in the thick of the recruiting process? Yeah, it was literally like every summer, um, uh, from 2012 to 2015 that, you know, I just came here specifically for AGGAs and the U S um, junior and the junior worlds. So a lot of the, a lot of it is mostly in California and mm -hmm. we'd literally stay in a hotel for two months and I'm not saying like the nice hotel, right? Like we're staying yeah. in like the extended stay America or something and just making yeah. that our base. Um, and yeah, so after those two months are up, good or bad, we're going back home and, you know, come back next year. That's incredible. Yeah. Especially, I mean, for you and all, is this mostly with your parents? Uh, yeah. It was, just, or... it was just my parents. <laughs> Me and my parents. Yeah. I, I mean, I was just going to say credit to them because <laughs> yeah. like the, the, tra yeah. the travel it's... and the commitment on their part is incredible yeah. like, too. I have um, two other siblings, um, brother and sister, they're both younger and, you know, they were literally just playing along the way. Um, they, they ended up not playing, um, collegiate golf, but you know, they, they had a lot of, we, we had a lot of fun times. Like we, we made sure to make everything fun. Um, and I think the thing that really helped me with the transition to college is like, my parents would let me, um, be the one to book the hotels, see which one I want to play in. And, apply to those and then I'm like, dang, these this can get this is so expensive, right? Like you see that right. percent. There's like the extra pressure of performing well. Um and the amount of guilt you feel when you when you're not playing well. But right. uh, you know, I'm just very thankful for that. Yeah, that's unbelievable. I would I would imagine that would make, you know, a a regular in season tournament a little easier when you've dealt with the stress of coming to the United States for a summer and, and knowing, knowing what that takes. That's, that's really wild. Um, yeah. and now you're, you're kind of back in that true grind and, and commitment level. You mentioned when you realized it was going to be a professional golf career for you. You know, what does that look like coming out of college? A, a lot of people still don't really understand, you know, they only see the corn Ferry and the PGA tour. You know, what does pro golf look like in a lot of cases? Where are you teeing it up? Um, what does the practice schedule look like? You know, I've, obviously we've seen a bunch of your day in the life videos, but can you just explain what that grind that most people aren't seeing is actually like? Yeah, so you know, I'm, I'll, I'll be playing and on the course, and of course, like when you're out of college, you get matched up with these random people, and and they're like, "Wow, like you're very talented." You know, and I'm like, oh, thanks, I guess. Like, 
but I don't think they see what's behind that. Like I, I wake up in the morning and literally straight to the gym and work out and make sure my body's ready to go. And, and then we go, we go practice and you know, maybe come back for another, another session in gym or, um, but you know what I, what I think is like the, the hardest part is when you get so lost in the weeds there and you're not enjoying anything else. And that's when that's also bad. So, you know, I took up another hobby, which is video editing and posting it on social media. And I think it's really fun um, to yeah. have that. Once. Um, and, you know, I take videos on the swing, uh, videos on the course. And it's, it's kind of like, I'm, I'm also per, like working in the skills video editing, but at the same time, because I'm editing it and I can see see on the screen like it's kind of like i'm also seeing how i'm swinging that day i'm like oh like i need to work on this a little bit you know like it's it's like two birds one stone and um but yeah so having a nice balance and and like you said like professional golf is not only about the corn ferry or pj like some people are comfortable with playing in the mini tours and that's mm -hmm. fine um but um there's there's a lot more in professional professional golf than like pj tour and tour and right so now we see, we see live popping up and you know it's right <laughs> so um, for you like schedule wise like how do you know you know what your schedule is going to look like um like which which tournaments are you looking at trying to see if you can get in trying mm -hmm. to qualify for like how do you to decide and put that schedule schedule together so it, it it varies. I feel like it it has changed since I graduated. Because um, literally the first year out of school, I was playing in a lot of mini tour events, specifically the one in um, that's a tour called the APT tour. Um, mm -hmm. And I wanted so my my thought process was I'm going to play in a bunch of multi day events so that it would help me get ready for for Q school because then Q school is like a series of events and you know multiple multiple days and I'm like okay like i have to make sure i play in that but um i like recently i've seen like people who monday qualify in and and actually winning the event and you know yeah. having this having like securing a spot for the whole year like that's that's honestly like very it's too tough to pass and it's also like cheaper in the long run because you're playing one day and instead of paying for right. a week of right so um over time like over time playing in multi-day events is is very costly so unless you have like a spot sponsor backed up or if your family has a good amount of money like you're you're set for that that type of style but you know, unfortunately it runs out for some people and we got to focus on something else yeah that's crazy uh i it's it's so interesting to think about because like you had said and like we had said it's just it's not a world that you see but there are so many tours going on uh at once and you know i was going to ask about why you started to just you know picking up golf content and, and putting it out into the world have you seen like you know people when you go to uh you, you mentioned at the start you, you just get paired up with these randoms and they see a uva bag and they see you swing yeah. you're like oh he, he's probably pretty good have you seen any feedback from people being like, I've, I've seen your pitching versus chipping video, or I've, I've seen you in my Instagram reels. Is, is that been happening I, yet? It's crazy. I've, I've seen people who are like, Hey, like I've seen your videos that they just pop up on my, um, my story. 
on Instagram. I'm like, oh dang, like this this thing is actually working. <laughs> like, yeah, I do it for fun, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, cool. um, but yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, got paired up with some people, and they're like, oh, you're you're going my way. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that's me. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I think uh, we're going to start at like Leave my UVA gear at home and like just dress up and like, you know, without any logos and like just play. <laughs> you think we're going to so start cool. getting any like cooking content? Or are you going to, you know, um, you know, branch out and, and give us an insight into Philippine cuisine? Like <laughs> any sort of that in the works? I think, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I want to start a YouTube channel where it really, you know, focuses on like, every aspect of my life and like um the road to the pga tour um you know that includes like nutrition and includes like workouts includes includes practice yeah. and yeah do you have a uh, a coach for any or all of that or like when it's workout time or nutrition time like is that sort of a program that you've developed for yourself versus someone kind of telling you like here's what we're working on today yeah so like with workouts i kind of just I don't know. I kind of just like carried over from what we had in college. Um, we yeah. had a really good, good coach in college for, for workouts. And, you know, I really miss just working out with a team and, you know, instead of just working out by yourself, because when you're with a team, it, everyone pushes each other and it's always like, you know, you're, you know, if you don't, if you don't make it to workouts, we're going to run a mile. So one person doesn't make it there. We're all running a mile and it's, yeah, it's uh, there's a there's something that pushes you to go, and you know, it's it's uh, something I missed in college. I mean that that covers a very wide gambit, and I think that YouTube video would be fantastic, or YouTube channel would be fantastic because I agree. Yeah, I want to see more of this food. That's something I'm definitely <laughs> interested in. I'm I'm trying to pick up more cooking skills myself, but um, be also like like we've harped on there's there's no understanding and i think it's really important in the pga tour versus live era there's there's no understanding of what the non rorys the non scotties the non roms the actual underneath backbone of a professional golf looks like i think would be would be really awesome so i'd i'd love for that that content content yeah, to get going i take it's that there's there's um there's another league now it's youtube golf right <laughs> yeah true yeah. the myrtle beach totally. Yeah, all of it. They, I heard they all got like a um, an exemption or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can saw this way into a tournament from uh, from a YouTube channel. Yeah, I think there's like 16, 16 guys that are getting a chance to qualify for like, for some. And... Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so Bobby, yeah, exactly. Our invite's gonna cost the mail probably, but maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, we should get an invite. Any other, you know, crazy UVA stories or pro golf stories you wanted to cover before we, you know, we can kind of move into rapping? Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned the Asian Games that I played back in 2018. Um, and then we, we stayed in this athletic village. Um, and gosh, we went we went to the um, cafeteria. And I was like, who the heck is this tall guy right here? And I was standing beside Yao Ming. That's crazy. Like, and um, obviously, like, you know, I'm like, gosh, like, I'm just going to get in space because I know people, some people don't really want anyone to be like, hey, like, can you take pictures? And, you know, turns out, like, later on, I found out that he, um, 
he turned away a lot of photos from people in the in the village because he's like, I just want to be one of you guys, you know. <laughs> That's so, so cool. Was there was, like a massive, you know, was it a full opening ceremony, closing ceremony thing? Like, how did you, yeah, what was the selection process like for that? Was it qualification? So it's, it was based on, I think, wagger points of the okay. country. Um, okay. So I think I was in like the top five for wagger points um, for the Philippines. And yeah, so that's how I got selected. And there was also a bunch of... Um, qualifyings back home that were happening. And since I was in college, they kind of counted my college co co collegiate scores in qualifying. Um, so I didn't really have to be there. Cool. Uh, so that's how that's they picked cool. people. And I played with, um, I played with Bianca, um, Bianca Bagdanganen and, and Yuga. Yuga just won the, the U.S. Women's Open, which is, yep. which is really cool. That's yeah. so, that's cool. I mean, that is like, it's, Southeast Asia, as we mentioned, it's it's only continuing to grow in terms of, of golf. Obviously, in the women's game, there South Koreans are, are dominant, and Southeast Asia overhaul is just getting more more popular, more successful, and it's it's really awesome. To, I think like the what's what's the amateur that gets an invite into the Masters Asia Pacific. Asia Pacific. Yeah. I, was, um, I was invited to that um, back in twenty twenty two. So last, yeah, yeah. So I was invited to that. Um, I was gonna be in Dubai, um, but I couldn't go <laughs> because uh, if I did go. I wouldn't be able to come back into the U.S. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. because the there's in the Philippines there's like a crazy backlog of um, waiting time in in um, the U.S. embassy. So right. like, if I went back, I would have had to wait ten years to come back here. Wow. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Um, as soon as I wasn't able to go there, I'm like, I'm turning pro. That's it. I'm 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 turning pro right here. Yeah. Nothing left to wait for in the amateur game. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So. Well, wait, 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 wait. This has been like awesome. Really informative. Obviously, uh, we we know nothing about the high level college game, and we know even less about having to travel to the U.S. for three months a year to chase our dreams. Uh, so really appreciate you sharing your your stories with us. Um, I, if we want to wrap up with any Charlottesville talk, I know there was some discussions of local hotspots around UVA that I can't participate in, but, uh, <laughs> Andrew, do you have any? Well, I was going to ask, what was your guys' schedule like in college? I, t I mentioned I moved to Charlottesville after school for about a year. Fun fact, Birdwood Golf Club, kind of the, the UVA course is actually where I have my one and only hole in one. Uh, okay. so I'm very, very proud of that on hole number seven. Uh, but. <laughs> Uh, curious what, what was sort of your guys's, you know, like weekly schedule, what was your favorite course in the area? And then how often were you guys getting out? When you say weekly schedules, it's like a practice schedule or uh, practice schedule. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we'd have workouts three or four times a week, um, literally before class, we start at six thirty. Six AM. Yeah. Six, six AM practice, uh, workouts. And then, and then we go. You know, obviously go eat and then we'll, we'll go to class until two or three. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd always try to find something that ends a little earlier so I can start going to the range. We go to the range and there's there's like a like certain amount of hours like, like um, that you have to practice. But I didn't I always really didn't think it was enough, especially my third and fourth year. I'm like, 
working on something in my swing and I'm like, you know, usually stay until dark and, and then we go to the dining hall. And the, the range for you, was, was that Birdwood? Yeah, that was Birdwood. Yeah, we yeah. had like, um, we had the, like a training center um, in the back of the range. And yep. so, you know, we were able to stay out there for as long as we want. And that, that was nice. Um, and um, yeah, so we go, we go eat and then go tutoring um, if we had to for classes and, and then, you know, that cycle again, just repeats itself. Right. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> we usually play, we try to play Birdwood, um, after class. And then on the weekends, we'd, you know, obviously still play Birdwood. We played Farmington a couple of times. We played, um, Spring Creek and Keswick. Yeah. All good tracks. As a, uh, retired range picker, I, I feel like I would have hated working at Birdwood. Uh, when, when you and, and we're at UVA, I feel like I would see you walk in and just be like, oh no, I'm going to be picking up balls until 9.30 tonight. There but was I, a point, there was a point where Birdwood was under construction, especially on the range. So we took shag bags on the range and just like hit it, you know, hit it out on the range and we had to go pick it up. So I know, I, I know the, I know the struggle. The struggle. Grind. That is the true grind. Well, yeah. respect that. that. That's fantastic. And yeah, UVA is awesome place and very, miss, very envious of that. Miss, miss having the bagels and bodos and, and the burger at White Spot. <laughs> yeah, White Spot. <laughs> uh, yeah, Charlottesville is an awesome town, for sure. Because, yeah, it's, it's, I, I like how it was, it's really nurturing and there's not really anything outside Charlottesville. And so, you know, you're able to just focus on what you really need yeah. to do. Awesome. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, this is like I said, it's been really informative and very much appreciate your time. No, we're we're chipping into a busy schedule. Uh and you know, look forward to seeing more content from your side, the YouTube channel, and then obviously your continued uh success on the golf course and, and where that takes you. But very much appreciate the time, Weiwei. Do appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. Hey!